you for coming. And we'd like to welcome those who didn't come today, thinking that there's no room. There's a lot of room. So we hope to see you next week, if you're hearing me online. <laughs> so, all right. Let's pray. And so, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be here this morning to look into your word. Your word is life. Your word is light. Your word is food. Your word is what we need. I just pray that your spirit will take your word and bless us. That our hearts will be quickened, our minds will be transformed as we listen to your word. I pray that hope will arise and the strength will be given to us and that it will speak to us where we are at. I pray you guide the words that I speak and the thoughts that they will bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and blessing to all who listen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I do have a PowerPoint. Good. I wasn't sure if it's coming because that's the only note I have. The PowerPoint doesn't make it, then I have to speak from memory. So, I started putting this thing, message together and then after I, I got the 20 page, 22 pages of slides, I said, surely you won't finish that in 30 minutes. So that's how, so part one happened early this morning at six. So I laid there and I was thinking about it. Hmm. You have to rush it even with PowerPoint. And you want people to come back next week, don't you? <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> Jesus today. Now you'll agree with me that in the past one year, there has only been one, one main topic in the mouth of everyone. COVID, more COVID, COVID, more COVID. Government is doing the right thing. Government is doing the wrong thing. We need masks. We don't need masks. And so it's been COVID, COVID, COVID. And what is essentially done is to take away eyes away from the Lord Jesus Christ and focus our eyes on COVID and all related COVID things. So nothing else matters right now apart from COVID. I walked into my office and then I spoke to a young lady. I said, what's in the news today? Said, ah, one case. I said, that's good news. Said, no, there are still 50 residual cases in Nova Scotia. And then I thought to myself, said, 50 out of a million? I'm trying to do the probability, 100 out of a million. It's one out of 10,000. And what's the probability that you'll encounter one person out of 10,000 in this office? It's not very high. So she said she can't, still can't go to the store until it is zero. I said, you will have to wait a long time. So there's so much COVID that I stopped listening to news. I haven't listened to news in... The last, um, what is it, uh, I believe since October, 
I just get headlines, people tell me. So I don't read news, I don't go on computer, which is good, which means I have to go to my Bible, just read. So rather than fit and get fixated on things like this, I think it's better we get focused on Christ. And that's what I intend to do this morning, to try to remind us and take our eyes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a, a lot that will be said, Jesus today. What is the Lord Jesus Christ doing today? All right, I'm sure you are familiar with uh, the scriptures, and if you are not, you will now, and uh, at least I'll give you the outlines, and then you will go back to read. We have some milestones in the life of the Lord Jesus, the first one being his birth, and we speak a lot about that, unique birth, conceived of the Holy Spirit, virgin birth. We have other milestones like baptism, you know, when John baptized the Lord Jesus Christ, the spirit came like a dove and the father spoke, this is my beloved son. Three in one. And shall we also speak a lot about the baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, his temptation in the wilderness. For 40 days, he didn't eat. We know this. And then when he was hungry and tired, the devil showed up. Say, if you are the son of God, command this stone. And then he began with, it is written, it is written, it is written. So, he conquered the enemy. And who will forget about transfiguration on the mount when he took three of his disciples, James, John, and Peter. And while he was standing there, Moses and Elijah showed up and a cloud covered the place. And then Peter, as in his characteristics where he spoke, he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three tabernacles or tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And the father looked at Peter and said, you don't know what you are talking. And then said, behold, there's only one tabernacle is needed. My beloved son, every other person. You know, they have to focus on him. So we know these things, and every Sunday morning we gather to speak about the cross, the death, and resurrection. It was a wonderful time this morning. We enjoyed it. I really, really love it. This is one of the main things I liked about Northbrook. Remembering that I didn't start like a Northbrook brethren person. But I found out that when my eyes is shifted to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's always a good thing. So I love this, and I enjoy this. And the resurrection. So these are the themes that we speak about and that we talk about and that we are familiar with. But one of the ones that we don't talk about often is the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, it's a lot of quiz, my friend. So answer the questions. Why did Jesus ascend to heaven after his resurrection? So it's for you. I have a series of questions for you to answer because I want it to be interactive. So that the Holy Spirit will come. So you get that? So that the Holy Spirit will come. So I believe the Holy Spirit has come. All right. Any other reason? 
to prepare a place for you and me. Any other reason? Just classroom, you know, you have to tell me why. I, send, I have about six or five questions that I'm going to pose. I said I want to talk more about Jesus this morning. That's what I intend to do. So why? All right, so let's move on to the next one. And then maybe you can still go back to the first one. Okay. Since Jesus was bodily raised from the dead, does he operate with a human body or is he just a spirit right now? So think about it. Glorified body. So does he operate with a human body or glorified body or is he just a spirit? Or it's what is he? Glorified body. So the body, there is a body, but it's glorified. All right. Glorified body. I like that answer. Hmm. All right. Next one. So when he ascended from earth to heaven, this is position change from what it was originally. You don't have to have answers today, but something to think about. But if you have one, please give. Did it change or it didn't change? I'm not even sure I have an answer. He's become an advocate. Okay. He wasn't that before. The present ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Advocate, right? I've heard that. Any other ministry? What? Comforter. Finally, one more question. Was is in heaven now that was not there before Christ's ascension? Come on, man. Come on, man. Christ in bodily form wasn't there in heaven. The Old Testament sense that he took with him. See, I want, you, I want you to get excited about scriptures. That's what I'm, we're trying to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. And wounded hands and feet. Oh, Father, I died for them as the advocates. So it means that the ascension is important. So when Jesus resurrected, he had to leave the earth. So let's read. In Luke chapter 24 from verse 50 to 53. Let me first start by noting that I read this stuff in New American Standard. I prepared my PowerPoint in New American Standard and then I went back to read, read the NLT and I found the NLT was very clear. So I had to rejig. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. That would be his disciples. And so they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all of their time in the temple praising God. So while he was blessing them, 
he left them and was taken up. So I'm going to speak on the ascension. Ascended and seated. Acts chapter 6, or 1 from verse 6 to 11. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. So can you see this? Or it's uh, not clear. You can see it. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So they saw him conquering dead, resurrecting. And they said, it's time for you to set us free from the Roman domination. Has the time come? And so he replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. I point that out because it's important to note that when he comes, it won't be a mystery. It will be Something that will be seen. So, uh, and so I'm pointing that out. So he ascended to heaven. And a few thoughts from these two passages. One. It's been stated already. The importance of the Holy Spirit. If the Lord Jesus did not go to heaven. The Holy Spirit would not have come. In fact he said this. But in fact it is best for you. That I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, notice what the Holy Spirit will do. He will convict the wall of its sin. Some translations say it will convict the wall of sin. Sin, not sins, but sin. And of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. What is the world sin? The world sin is that it refuses to believe in me. It's only one sin, actually, when it's all said and done. Unbelief in the Lord Jesus Christ. It refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So the Lord Jesus said it is good for him to go so he will send the Spirit. The Spirit will not have been given without him going. But the Spirit has one ministry to the world, to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And sin because they refuse to believe. Righteousness because there's only one righteousness. 
the righteousness of God in Christ and judgment, the judgment that is coming. Now I want to highlight this. Last words. I'm sure you've heard so many messages on Jesus' last words. And usually it's Jesus' seven last words on the cross. I was reading it, you know, during my break. I have it, and I was really enjoying it. But this is the last word he said on his way up. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. As he was going up to heaven, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So he was sending the Holy Spirit, emphasizing the importance of the Holy Spirit. I've already said this, but it's good to say it again. Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. He went to heaven. It was a gradual flight. It was a visible flight, and it was bodily flight. When he comes, it will be in the same way. That's important, because there are so many antichrists that claim that, oh, the Christ has come. When he comes, it will be known, and it will be visible. Behold, he comes, the risen one. So, entered into heaven. So when he left earth, after the resurrection, he entered into heaven. I want to highlight a few points on this subject because it's important. And for that, we go to Ephesians chapter 1. And I'm going to read very slowly because I want to emphasize the word of God as opposed to mine. So I'm going to read very slowly. Paul was praying for the efficient believers. This is a prayer that should be prayed for every believer. And this is what he prayed. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And Paul said this, I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight. So that you might grow in your knowledge of God. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer to pray for everyone in Northbrook Bible Chapel. And that's a good prayer to pray constantly. It doesn't make it to my prayer list. It ought to. To pray for all believers to grow or to have spiritual wisdom and insight so that they can grow in the knowledge of God. He said, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Insight. Light. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. If you are a believer in this congregation today, you are rich and glorious inheritance of God. And then he kept praying. He said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power 
for us who believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Notice, the power that raised Christ from the dead is the power that God has given those of us who believe and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, not today, not tomorrow, not in the future. Now, today, now, he is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. I like that prayer, and it's a prayer that I should pray for me and should pray for you, that I will have spiritual wisdom and insight so that I will, I will grow in my knowledge, that my heart will be flooded with light so that I can know the confidence, hope that is in Christ, and that I will understand that there's an incredible power that works in me, the resurrection power and the ascension power. That's a good prayer to pray. That's a prayer item that should be on our list. Unfortunately, it doesn't make it to my list. It ought to. I think it would be helpful if I pray that way for you and if you pray that way for me. Because this insight will greatly benefit me when I'm looking at the affairs, the things that are happening in this world. So, you should add it to your list. I should add it to my list. But it says something about the Lord Jesus Christ he says, God raised him from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. And then he says, now, today, he is far above any ruler. Now, put the greatest ruler that we have currently, the one that we get all flustered all talking about and all, put them. Right now, the Lord Jesus Christ is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in the present world, but in the world to come. And not only that, God has put all things. You notice the word? Sorry. You notice the word? All, any, in fact it says all, put all authority under his feet. So what's the point? When the Lord Jesus, I am fast, when the Lord Jesus entered heaven, when he returned to heaven, it was an indication that his redemptive work has been approved. Complete. Not only that, he was received in God's right hand. 
I love to read this passage, and I read it again. Seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now he's far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else. Sometimes we get excited about rulers. And we think, oh. I remember in those days when I will lie awake, hoping that the next man that is the best ruler will come. That's the one I'm going to vote for. And I stay awake, wasting so much energy, so much time. I don't do that anymore. Because there's only one ruler. And he's the greatest of all rulers. And he's the Lord Jesus Christ. Right now, it seems like he's a silent ruler, not doing anything. Don't be deceived. He is in control. And he runs the affairs of the world. So he also has dominion over all things. It doesn't seem that way. But he does. Everything has been put under his feet. Once he was resurrected and went back to heaven, he has dominion over all things. And I like this translation. It says it's for the benefit of the church. Oh, for the church. That's how the other ones put it. So it's for us. So when Jesus ascended to heaven, that was so that he might send the spirit to us and that was to give us an indication as well on how he will return. When God received him in his right hand, that was to indicate that his work of redemption is approved. Not only that, he rules. It doesn't seem that way he rules. He sits in place of authority. Now, I had lots of points. In fact, I cut out four because I thought I wouldn't finish. So that's why I kept only three today. So seated, Jesus Christ enthroned in heaven. And you see, what I'm doing mostly for you this morning is to read the scriptures. I like this scripture. You should like it too. You should love it. It's a great verse to remember. Hebrews chapter 10 from 11 to 12. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which could never take away sins. The Old Testament tabernacle had everything but one thing, a chair. Because the priest's work was never done. Day after day, he has to go in and offer sacrifice, cut the lamp, offer the sacrifice, pour the blood. So there was no room to sit down. He did that every day, every day. But notice, but a high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, he offered himself. Some other translation will say, offered one sacrifice for sin. But I like this one that says, he offered himself. Very specific. He offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time. Because the single sacrifice that is good for all time, the work is done. What follows? He can sit down. 
Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So the Lord Jesus went to heaven because he had offered the single sacrifice for sin. That's himself that was good for all time. Other translations will say good forever. And because it's good for all time, he can sit down at God's right hand because the work is done. No more sacrifice, no more need for sacrifice. Yet, I still love Hebrews chapter 1. I love these verses, and I'm just going to read them to you. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, yesterday in our main story, Hebrews came up. And uh, somebody said, final days. Are we in the final days? I think it was last days. I said, well, if it was last days when Hebrews was written, then it's more last days now than it was then. So we are. And now in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. I love this. And he sustains sustains everything by the mighty power of his command when he had cleansed us from our sins we are back to that same phrase he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven this shows that the son is far greater than the angels just as the name God gave him is greater than their names for God never said to any angel what he said to his son. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme, the other translations will say the only begotten son. I like the word supreme. I just love it. When he brought his supreme son into the world, God said let all of God's angels Worship him. Regarding the angels, he said, he sends his angels like the winds, his servant like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, notice this. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with the scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. He also says to the son, in the beginning, interesting, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. 
you will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So that verse, that passage is uh, it's a wonderful passage. I really, really like it. So I just summarize a few points and then we will close. It tells us about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ is seated in heaven and he sustains all things. That includes you in the midst of COVID. It includes me. In the middle of all the bad news that we are hearing, I am sustained by God. It gives me confidence to know that I'm upheld by the hand of God. That means he holds me up and he holds me together. He sustains all things. That will include me. He tells me that he sits at God's right hand. And he tells me that he has an excellent name. I'm reminded, on one occasion, Peter and John went to the temple and then they looked at the crippled man. And then he was looking at them, hoping that they would give him some money. And they said something like, silver and gold, we have not. But such as we have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He has an excellent name. The name that brings salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. And I'm informed that he's God. Everlasting throne he has, created the heavens and earth, sustains it, and will fold them up. You see, when, if you're a student of scripture, and then you see the fight to preserve the earth, we need to do everything so that we can preserve the earth so that the earth will last forever. It's not possible. It says they will be folded up like a garment. In fact, Revelation 21 says there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Bad news for those who may not like to hear, the earth is on a path that is not, uh, can't be restored. So he will fold them up. He lives forever. And angels are his servants. Not just his servants, really. Your servants and my servants. So the Lord Jesus is seated on the throne right now. Superintending over the affairs of earth. He is the sovereign Lord and master. We need to think this way in order to live right. In order to live with confidence in a world of chaos. And so we wrap up. He's ascended to heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit will return as he ascended. He entered heaven. Redemptive work is complete. He has his rightful throne and has dominion over all things. He's seated in heaven enthroned and is the sovereign Lord and master. Far more important that in spite of all this, he's your savior, Lord, and friend. So you can live with confidence in the midst of a chaotic world. Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord, for your word. We need to exalt Jesus, talk more about him, and that our eyes will be focused on him. He's a supreme master and supreme Lord. Help us not to be distracted by the things that are going on in the world, but help us to be focused on the only thing that matters, your son. May he be the meditation of our hearts and the joy of our spirit. May he occupy us at our spare time. May our eyes be lifted to him in the midst of distractions that he might receive the place, that he, place of honor and praise that he, he deserves. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'd like to sing before you go, and that is...